The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 101 which doesn't mean we're going to tell you everything associated with the nfc east mixtape that's just the episode number but in case you don't know what this is uh, this is a show where we talk about the nfc east you can access this on any of the nfc east blog podcast networks across sb nation that is bleeding green nation for philadelphia eagles content blog of the boys for dallas cowboys big blue view for those new york football giants or hogs haven for the washington commanders you can also watch us live on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog on the boys youtube channel he is brandon lee gotten from bgn i am rj ochoa from btb blg there are a lot of mixologists who have thoughts on where they should put their wallet in their pants as they should and i think at least one listener did say that you can't put it in your back pocket or you're gonna mess up your spine to a royal degree yeah somebody somebody tagged me uh in an instagram comment and said rj i'm listening to the mixtape right now you can't put your like just exactly so they're like you're gonna mess up your spine and i actually have been having i'll say some back problems but i've definitely been feeling a little bit more sore than than usual as of late so uh that was awfully coincidental uh but yeah volume 101 we did it on to the next hundred well I will say, since everyone wants a vibe check, it's the most important thing. I'm feeling a little bit better, RJ. Oh, okay. So, well, I asked you that last week. I said, mm-hmm. like, how you doing? Whatever. I actually was going to make, um, like, th- I was going to come in this way. I was going to be like, it's a few more weeks post-op. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have, like, a procedure. And the first time you see the doctor, it's like, how you doing? It's like, I'm, I'm barely moving. Like, I still got the stitches in. You know what I mean? Like, now we've already taken those stitches off. It sounds like, you know, you're eating solid foods again. You're you're exercising. You're walking. You're doing some, you're independent. That's what it seems like. Yeah, far from being, you know, 100%. I would not say I'm ready to move on by any means, but, um, you know, kind of forced to, to some degree, because in Philadelphia Eagles world and really NFL world as a whole, uh, things are happening. It's it's really crazy considering <laughs> Super Bowl, like the season ended just not so long ago. Um, it feels extremely, things are just sneaking up on me left and right, like survivors starting um tonight as of when you're listening to this podcast but tomorrow is when we're recording it right. like, i'm just i'm not even ready for this it is a um a hectic time of year certainly the mandalorian right. is back today actually um for people we're recording this actually later than usual it's 3 21 p.m central standard time on the last day of february so this is march for those of you who are listening uh because it dropped on on wednesday march 1st so we actually i've seen a million different like things to binge in the month of march like there's a lot of tv coming out in march we've got survivor we've got mandalorian 
the new and what will be final season of Succession. Um, I feel like I'm missing a lot of things. A lot of people are into The Last of Us. That's still moving along, obviously. Um, so it's, you know, we've got the Oscars coming up soon. Like, you know, it's kind of a, a bump in time of year. You know, there are, I guess my point is there are a lot of ways to keep yourself preoccupied if you're trying to deal with the emotional thing. We that also you're have a special guest on today's podcast, RJ. Throwing a curveball at you. There's a little surprise. I'm moving away from the mic. Is this, uh, is this Holden? I know you're. It's Gizmo. Five, Look at this Holden's little guy. Sure. He's so cute. Look at Gizmo. I'm, uh, dog sitting. Okay. Uh, and Gizmo is spending a couple days with me here. And he's. This is why, listeners, you need to watch the YouTube version because, as RJ can attest to, I'm sure Gizmo is very cute. He has his dinosaur, um, little hoodie on. It's a hoodie. It's, like, it's, it's a small a hood, guy. Yeah. You know, it's cold out, so you got to keep him nice and warm. And uh, here he is. What do you have to say to Gizmo, RJ? Uh, Gizmo, first of all, you look um, very um, like people say, like, I want to boop a dog. I want to like ruffle the top of his head. You know what I mean, he looks like he has like a, like a good head that I could ruffle and just give him some good like scruffs. Um, Gizmo looks like a good boy. His ears, um, his I like ears. The... That's why he's the name. Obviously, he's like, you know, Gizmo, the gremlin. Right. Um, I, uh, I love the hood. Um, I can't see the full body. I mean, you're not lifting him up that high. Um, okay. It was like, we should just get a full Gizmo pro that's, you know, Gizmo. Whoa. You know, we don't have to put a, a disclaimer or anything on this episode. I don't know for the it's visual fine. audience, but, uh, Gizmo, welcome to the mixtape. You're not the first dog that BLG has, um, announced that he is dog sitting on that's this right. show, but he is the best, right, buddy. Mm. <laughs> he can't hear. He doesn't wow. have the headphones on. Uh, good right, boy. Um, not barking. Um, so well-trained. Um, I thought you were going to say we had a special guest and then like bring on an actual guest. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky is that's our off season. We, we need to come up with some off season yep. guest guest list. We asked people, um, to tell us there's somebody asked, um, if we should like said, said that we should do like a, a new <laughs> heights crossover. I actually saw right it's before, very, uh, but yeah, this new, well, well, you tweeted, well, you said like, I, I don't know. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying like in terms of being able to deliver, I don't know how likely it is, but sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, look, listeners, BLG was like, come on, everybody. Be no, I agree. Your recommendations. And then like, you actually are. And he's like, no, how could you dare say true. the I'm new heights, saying, blah, blah, like, blah. Know, be ambitious, but also keep your expectations, you know, realistic to some extent. Mm. Um. Well, so, um. That was a suggestion. Um, the New Heights crew. I saw you. I was going to say right before we started this, you tweeted that Howie Roseman said he's going to be a guest on that show. So um, we're doing some free promotion for New Heights. So maybe they repay us with like a crossover episode. You never know. Um, Jimmy Kemsky is a, a guest, not really like a bucket list wow. thing. No offense to Jimmy. I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna show up. <laughs> well, I mean, I like know you said that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's supposed to be on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we've already kind of accomplished this, and you do a show with him every week, so um but jimmy's awesome obviously i saw i'll actually while we're on the subject of um of plugging things he's selling That's girl right. scout cookies for his daughter so wow, everybody go to jimmy's nice twitter profile and buy some girl scout cookies look at that um i had to make up for it um to is the dream guest and actually brandon we found out this week that to is a houston astros fan that has to make I your blood boil at all good good for to it was really strange <laughs> So I was watching the Astros spring training game, obviously. I'm um, just kind of going about my day, and first pitch comes up, and it's T.O. It's like, <laughs> like, what, like what's going on here? Uh, but uh, sure enough, he's an Astros fan. They had him on the broadcast, and they were talking to him about it. And he said he kind of like came to know the organization through Reggie Jackson. Like, what a what a humble mm. man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, just, you know, Reggie Jackson got me into this whole thing. Um, I also saw he threw out the first pitch for that game, and he threw it to Chaz McCormick, who made the pivotal catch in game five, obviously. And they were talking about, like, normally the person who throws the first pitch has the catcher, like, sign it. 
And Chaz was like, actually, T.O., yep. I need you to sign this. That so is that's kind of funny. very on brand for one. Terrell Owens. Um, What are your thoughts on the new pitch clock? That's what all sports fans um, are complaining about these days. I'm not, you know, like the, the biggest baseball guy. But from what I have seen, I like the concept. Um, It does seem a little weird to me in terms of, you know, stealing bases and whatnot and being able to time that out, I guess. Um, So maybe it seems like a thing that is on the right path, but maybe isn't fully polished yet. Maybe they can uh, tweak it down the road. I don't know. I'm I'm totally fine with it. Um, I'm good. Like, I have no passionate take. My only thing was it kind of stressed me out at first. I'm sure you saw, like, some graphics when the clock was, like, massive and visible on the broadcast. Like, if you want to put it on the graphic, like, the play clock or the shot clock, like, I'm all well, for that. You know what I'm saying? I, but I don't need this, like... Well, there, it's there, but all I'm saying is like mm-hmm. position the camera, position the clock somewhere on the field where the pitcher and you know all the infielders and outfielders obviously can see it. But I don't need this big, massive one. Put it like bake it in small, nice. You know, graphics are an important part of a sports broadcast, so make sure it's a what part of, of that. Clock I'm do you like, like you know, not this, just in general, not in just mm-hmm. you know this context I'm talking about, but like you know, like an analog. So I actually, it's funny you ask this. I recently changed the watch on my oh, Apple, really? or the face yeah, on my Apple watch. This, and, is a, this is a better question. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I uh, I used to be an analog guy because I kind of felt like a fraud having a digital, you know, thing on my wrist. Like it's supposed to be a watch. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, but I was looking at a TikTok and I saw this really cool one. So I, I looked up, like Can you show I pulled us? up the Apple like? watch app and was looking. Um, it's obviously not going to be there perfect, are some Nike, but if you give it a tap or a little uh, click, uh, yeah, okay, interesting. There are some Nike ones, so this is a Nike. You can't see the like little Nike check is in there, but it, it looks like it has the face of an analog, but it has the like big numbers. Um, so now you actually know what time we're putting this together. Three twenty-seven. Got... What do you do? Uh, you have all the. It's tough. See, when like, you... that's too Wait, much why am I so bad at angling? <laughs> it's here. Let me just take it off. <laughs> it's tough because you're looking at. If you take it off, it's gonna lock. No, it if yours locks. Well, I need to bring the battery up. But here you go. I have the like the modular. Okay, I also so have you've... the three series. I have an older one. I got this in like 2018. But uh, it's it's uh, maybe very me. It's a lot of practical information. I got like the weather and the time and the date and the activity rings. I have that too. Like the battery. In in my corners, I have top left. I've got the temperature outside. Top right, I have the weather conditions. Yep. Bottom right, I have access to like the workouts. Like I I turn it on like when I run or when I walk the dog. And then bottom left, I have the activity. Right. So tweet at so. us at RJ Ochoa and at Brandon Gowden with the uh, give us like a little <laughs> screenshot or whatever. I want to see it of the uh, the Apple Watch face for you. I don't think you can I mean, screenshot like, your watch. Yeah, take a picture. Like, take a, is what I mean. Take yeah. a picture. Yeah. Um, with the hashtag mixtape watch. Ooh. Um, okay, Brandon, we have things to get to for every single team. This is actually kind of the first time in a long time that that's been the case. Welcome to the offseason. It is the week of the NFL Combine. You delayed us because you were writing about the uh, coaching changes that the Philadelphia Eagles announced. We have to start with the reigning NFC East champions. The Eagles now have an offensive coordinator, now have a defensive coordinator uh, that you know are obviously a part of their staff as they make their way through the Combine. So give us the, the latest and greatest as it pertains to the birds. Yeah, a lot of moving parts in Eagles world. Eagles have a new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. He was their quarterback's coach. This was the worst kept secret, even really before Shane Steichen left. Brian Johnson was getting a lot of interest from other teams as their offensive coordinator. I know the Baltimore Ravens wanted to interview him. I know he was connected to like the Texans. He was connected to potentially Steve Wilkes if he stayed in Carolina. There was, he was basically connected to everything. Um, I think it's really uh, sensible hire. Jalen Hurts 
took a huge step, as we know, from 2021 to 2022. And I think Brian Johnson deserves a level of credit in there. I don't think it's only about Jalen Hurts. Uh, everyone likes to point out how Brian Johnson has like known Jalen Hurts since he was four years old because he played for Avery, Averion, Avery, Averion. I don't know how to say Jalen Hurts' dad's name. He played for Jalen Hurts' dad um, in high school, and then was obviously a uh, you know a, a good or at least college football player for a while there at Utah. He's been an offensive coordinator in three different stops, so he has um, play calling and offensive coordinator experience as well. Um, so I just thought it made a lot of sense. And when the Eagles, you know, brought him on as quarterback coach, this always seemed to be the path. Like they were, they were gearing him up to be the replacement. So um, I'm cool with that. And I think the only downside you would want to say is that um, back when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 20 February of 2018, they lost Frank Reich, and they lost notably um, their quarterbacks coach John DeFilippo. And the instant solution to promoting or replacing those guys was just like backfilling you know in-house promotion and i think you can kind of go down a wrong path there in that like you're not necessarily interviewing the best and brightest and kind of you know diversifying your search um but i don't think that's what the eagles did here i think this is a little bit different because mike grow for example had this background where he worked for the rams and you know they, they had like a really bad passing offense and um press taylor was a, a guy known for like coddling Carson Wentz too much. Whereas I don't think that's going to be an issue for Jalen Hurts, even though he has that relationship with Brian Johnson. That's just not, that's not how Hurts is wired. And that's not how, from what I've seen, Johnson coaches, he's, he's a tough coach. He's not easy on his players. So, um, so that's the big one on offense. And then I'm talking a lot here, but Sean Desai on defense is the more. Okay. Well, just, sure. just quickly, um, Brian Johnson, a Texas guy from Baytown, yeah. originally played his high school football there um, and was for like some people, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, like NCAA football needs to yeah. come up. Brian Johnson, former NCAA football cover athlete. That's yeah. kind of a cool thing. Uh, you know, when that's in, like, I can't think of a cover athlete that's become a coach, like even like the Madden cover athletes. Hmm. Um, just hasn't worked out that way. Now that I like, I know Drew Brees like wanted to be a coach or <laughs> well, whatever, but um, but Brian Johnson, I, I really, I mean, I guess that's kind of it. I don't, <laughs> so, I don't think we're gonna see uh, that's kind of cool changes for the offense. Uh, not to say none. Obviously, Brian Johnson's gonna have his own ideas. He's gonna call the plays. Change or sorry, Nick Sirianni is still putting the plays into the play sheet, so there's still that process going on. Um, yeah, not really sure to expect. Um, are not really expecting massive changes on defense. That'll be a little bit different because, you know, your Eagles are bringing in not assistant head coach. It's wrong to say assistant head coach. His official title with the Seahawks was associate head coach hyphen defense. That was the official title. Um, and they're bringing in Sean Desai, the first uh, coordinator of Indian descent in the NFL in 2021, was the Bears defensive coordinator, joined the Seahawks last year. Um, interesting kind of background. He's 39. Uh, doesn't have really the extensive playing experience that you see with a lot of different coaches in the NFL, uh, but went to uh, Temple for, to get his doctorate after previously going to Columbia and um, and going to school in Boston. And uh, he survived in Chicago from Mark Tressman. That's like crazy. That's, that feels like insanely forever ago in 2013 until basically um, not being retained by Matt Eberfuss last year. And that's why he ended up with Pete Carroll. But uh, so he survived multiple coaching changes from Tressman to John Fox to um, Nagy to uh, and then getting going over to uh, Pete Carroll to work with him. He's worked with Carroll. When did he join? That, he joined just last, the season? just last season. He's worked 
He's worked with Pete okay. Carroll. He's worked with Mel Tucker. He's worked with Chuck Pagano. He's worked with uh, Mike Pettin, who is rumored to be joining the Eagles defensive uh, coaching staff, possibly, which would make a lot of sense if you're bringing in someone relatively inexperienced and younger, like Desai, who's only 39. You can kind of have, have a veteran to lead on or lean on in that regard. So I'm ex- I like that hire. Um, I think the Eagles defensive, and we need to get out in front of this. I, I need to write an article about this, RJ, because the Eagles defense is going to be worse next year, just because they're not going to have the same amount of talent that they did this season. Uh, so I don't want to hear like, oh, maybe Eagles fans should have been nicer to Jonathan Ginn and maybe they missed. No, that is not like what's going on here. Um, they're, they're poised to take a step back. So uh, all that being said, I think Desai offers some interesting things and I'm, I'm, Fairly happy with both coordinator hires um, as as you can. They they um they are pretty chalk, not in a good way, right? Like chalk can be bad, like you talked about, like you know five years ago, whatever. But like it's pretty chalk in in a like logical way. Um, like you can't really like there's no need to like make a big swing, you know what I mean, or like do anything dramatic or do anything silly. My only pushback, and I hope I'm wrong, um, is you're talking about the defense is going to be worse. I mean, like, what was my song that I sang all offseason a year ago? It's like, Cowboys, they're going to take a step back, right? There's going to be regression of the mean. I mean, they they were better. I think you and I would both agree, like, the 2022 Cowboys defense was better than the 2021. And I I thought, I definitely thought that was impossible. Um, and now I think they were yeah. an exception uh, as opposed to, like, the and- norm. Um, but it's again, it just serves the idea well, that the talent's, I think, going to be a lot different than like the Cowboys weren't didn't have like right. the same potential defensive overhaul that the Eagles are going to have with Brandon Graham and Javon right. Hargrave and James Bradbury and well, everyone. We're, and being we're at the agents. point it is it's combine week. So like everybody has a top whatever free agent list, like top 100, top, you know, whatever. Um, and it's littered with Eagles, like depending on whichever one you look at, like, you know, whether it's Pro Football Talk, BFF, NFL.com, like ESPN, like all the top, you know, like, I don't know how many Eagles are in the top 50 for most of them, but it's a lot, obviously. We just did an article. Um, and so it's like, especially if you, if you, did, if you didn't do quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Like, cause quarterbacks are inherently more valuable. Like, like I think Geno Smith is number two on NFL.com's top 100 list or top 101 list. And like, that's understandable because sure. he's a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of is what it is. But like, if you're just talking about non quarterbacks, like it, there's an argument that Eagles should be like well represented. I think in ESPN the had like seven on their top 50. Um, so there you go. Mm. Yeah. So um, we'll see. It is almost time. I guess the next mixtape will be recorded after, or at least be released after the franchise tag that's deadline the, is out. What, uh, seventh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, and the seventh is a week from today. Um, it's yeah, it's a week. That's what I'm saying. The next mixtape yes. will be released after the deadline. Um, so we'll record after it's over. But Chauncey Garner Johnson, the most likely candidate to get tagged, I guess. Yeah, I don't think Eagles? it's um again likely to play out where the tag is uh, actually utilized. I think if they tag him, which I would kind of be surprised, it's just a negotiating tool. I don't think the Eagles are in a spot where. They just have so many freedoms. You can't take on this massive, like one player, one huge cap number, uh, especially with the way they operate. They like to right. move money around and shove it into future years. So I just, I really don't expect that to be um, anything more than a placeholder of anything. Right. But if a player is tagged on the Eagles, it stands to reason it would be Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I mean, I guess it could be Javon Hargrave in theory. Um, if the Eagles really want to, like, I, mm. I think it, you know, it could be, it's probably not, but James, like it could be someone else, but yes, I would say CJGJ is the most likely. I would not say uh, a 0% chance for everyone else. Um, okay. So I think that ties a bow on everything Eagles related. 
uh, for now. We do have other things throughout the division to get to. Any anything else that we're missing? Anything big? Anything? I mean, massive? probably. But um, I'm getting a phone call. Hmm. It's from someone in Philadelphia. I don't know who it would be. Hmm. What's the area code um, in Philly? Like the most prominent one? The popular one, I believe. Um, I don't know what this. Hmm. Are you a two one five? Well, you actually don't. Answer, you want me to give out my phone number on air? Um, no. You I almost, almost did. did one time. Yeah. We actually had to. Yeah. Ben uh, Solak once a upon day. a time, um, accidentally, accidentally, quote unquote, uh, tweeted out my phone number. Yeah, that's that's what you said. That's what you said when we had to edit. Well, thing he deserves to be uh, um, called out once again. By the way, speaking yeah, of Ben Solak, this is a big thing. This and this is Eagles related. Um, so Ben and I do a once a year, an annual. Oh, podcast. this was the this is the Eagles rule proposal, right? That you're talking. Hashtag I saw Eagles, you tweet about. This sorry, thing. not okay. hashtag Eagles. A hashtag Jersey number analytics, where we analyze every single player on the roster based on their number, and it's really fun to do because they matter. They like, absolutely it, matter. It, it is a subject that matters. I'm, yeah. Matter. Well, and I'm just saying, I'm 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 talking to the people who are like rolling their eyes. I just like, oh, I, I think like, those no, people it it's are actually not. I don't. I think actually more people have come around <laughs> to agreeing that they matter. But in any case, um, the Eagles. So the Eagles did pro- the actual like kind of real news, if you will, that stuff that impacts the game as they propose the fourth and fifteen onside kick alternative. Like again, like they do this like every year. There, well, there was some there was some chalk rule proposals. We they knew do that every was year. Come. We knew that that, that it was going to. Right, and we knew there was going to be a proposal to make roughing the passer reviewable. Like again, those mm-hmm. things really chalk. But this one was kind of new. Yeah, um, I don't want to spoil. You submitted a proposal for players to wear the number zero, which is overdue. Um, I don't know. I didn't say anything about double zero, which I like a lot as well. That's but old uh, it's saying just zero, as far as I can tell, which makes sense. I mean, th- there's no good reason not to have it. What is the good reason not to have it? <laughs> what? What is the optimum position? Can't be especially because double zero, double zero is clearly yeah, a center. Some kind of definitely some kind of lineman. Right. So I mean, a fullback could get away with a double zero. I feel like. I think like your your like ace returner should mm-hmm. be zero. You know what I'm saying? Like if Cavante yeah, wanted to wear zero, that. like something like that. Like it, like it has to be like a like it an can't elite be a kicker. Returner. You know, you, you can't just be like the dude it can't who be like a punter. It's it. way too yeah. cool of a number for those dudes to be wearing it. I can mm-hmm. see. So I don't think you know Hertz is going to change from one at this point. But I was I was thinking if the Eagles um, added like Jacoby Brissett or Marcus Mariota, I wouldn't mind the backup having zero. I could do with I could I could I could deal with it. Uh, I know it's maybe you could say it's too cool for a backup, but I think it's fine. Also, uh, Devin Witherspoon, RJ, who is a popular Eagles uh, mm. mock draft target at number ten. I believe. No, sorry, wrong player <laughs> entirely. Um, the Oregon guy. Look, I'm not even into it. Christian Gonzalez. Um, from Oregon, he right, the wore number zero at uh, for the Ducks. So clearly, the Eagles are just preparing for him to wear that in Philly. Uh, well, Marcus Mariota joining the Eagles, by the way, in general, would be like the the you know the prince that was promised, sort of thing, right? <laughs> like that would that would be it funny really if that finally. But it makes sense. Happening. It's a logical um, fit. My last. My uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, one of the stars of quarterback, the mm. new Netflix will show not be watching. See, um, this, um, yeah, we know you won't. Um, but even even though I think the reason you would watch it the most would be, actually be the Kirk Cousins stuff, no. which is like kind of a That's, testament to why you won't. Well, watch that it. But anyway, also um, so right. Well, yeah, you don't want to see the end of it, obviously. But anyway, um, last thing here, and then we'll get to the Cowboys. Um, I, actually, on the subject of the Chiefs, the Chiefs, do you recall they were the team who proposed allowing yes, the flexibility which that we was not horrendous, see numbers, and right? like, they it was should like, be stripped of their Super Bowl right, title. I agree. 
<laughs> so stupid thing, but it was their. Do you remember their reasoning that they said? And in case anyone isn't aware, the the fact that like receivers and corners or whatever so were single it. digits, like. Well, so the Chiefs petitioned for this to change, like this world to change, this yeah. this new world that we live in that sucks. Um, and and their argument was there were players on their practice squad who were having to double up because there were limitations at the time, right? Like, because mm-hmm. linebackers can only wear certain numbers, whatever. Well, I saw a photo of the Chiefs Uh-oh. Super Bowl roster, like the day before the Super Bowl, and there were like mm. three players wearing mm. double digits, despite the fact that not every number was taken. So how can you be the team that's like, we have to change uh, this rule so that we don't have this specific situation unfold and then have that situation unfold? and total right, frauds. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I mentioned we're recording this on Tuesday. It's, uh, you know, 20 till 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Stephen Jones spoke this morning. Um, we'll probably hear from Jerry at some point later on this week. He'll do the bus thing. So everybody check out blog on the boys. Um, you know, we'll cover that. Um, and Mike McCarthy will what obviously speak as well. Uh, but Stephen Jones, Jerry's bus in Indianapolis. He has a like a charter bus. I don't think bus, that's something like, like people his... just know. I, just, I mean, Cowboys fans perhaps. But I don't think other people know about that. I guess maybe <laughs> – Apologies. Jerry generally um, at the combine specifically kind of holds court for the local media okay. on the bus. It's like a like a sort of state of the union, if you will, at the combine. But is that, that the party bus that Dean Blandino, the, the former NFL head of officiating, was on? It is. It's the same. It's the same bus <laughs> okay, in general. Good to know. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, th- right. The Dean Blandino, who was the architect of the worst call that went against the Cowboys mm-hmm. in the last like mm-hmm. 25 years. Right. Th- that feeds your theory. Totally. Anyway, um, so Stephen Jones spoke to the local media on Tuesday and nothing he offered was breaking news, to be very clear. But the fact that it's confirmation of things is significant, right? Because it is, you know, confirmation. Um, So the headlines, number one, the Cowboys are very likely going to extend Dak Prescott this offseason. His cap hit obviously balloons. This is when his extension that he signed two years ago kicks in. Um, That will happen. It makes sense. The discourse when it does happen will be stupid. But it is going to happen in all likelihood. They can save about $22 million this year if they do extend him. Um, mm-hmm. Let me blitz through these and you can get to them. Um, he said that they are likely going to use their, their franchise tag this offseason. He did not mention on who, but, you know, like the Eagles, you can make an argument for lower, not lower level players, but less likely situations. But they, they do exist. They're non-zero quantities. The most likely one, Tony Pollard, $10 million. Um, he said that Zeke's making a lot of money. I think it's interesting. The day that the draft ended last year, he was asked about the team not drafting a running back. He said, well, you know, Rico Dowdle's in a contract year. Tony Pollard's in a contract year. Zeke's making a lot of money. He's been saying that Zeke's making a lot of money for a year now. And he said that Zeke knows that. Um, I'm starting to believe myself that they're mm. probably going to cut him. That would be significant, though, just because he is a favorite of the front office. Um, he said they believe in Michael Gallup coming back this year. Um, he talked about how C.D. Lame and Trayvon Diggs are offseason priorities for them, how they both or they want both of them around long term. They will very likely pick up CD Lamb's fifth-year option this year. They don't have that luxury with Trayvon Diggs. Um, he obviously is in a contract standoff with the team, entering the final year of his deal. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and Tyron Smith is expected back this season, which is an interesting development. Um, I can't imagine them cutting him. Um, I think it's either Dallas or Bust. Like a lot of people have suggested, maybe they would trade him. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen at this point. He also said that Terrence Steele and Tony Pollard are both expected to be ready for training camp. Terrence Steele obviously got hurt uh, in that Texans game. 
uh, and Jason Peters had to come in and play right tackle. But the fact that he said that Tony Parr would be ready for training camp is why a lot of people are even more so like, well, they're probably going to tag him. Like, they're, they're talking about like this dude's going to be on the team at training camp. So that's kind of um, the blitzed version. Your question. Let me think of NFL blitz. Um, first thing on deck. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was it's not even news from a standpoint of I believe we talked about this like literally right after they lost to the 49ers because that was part of my thing. I'm like, they have to pay him. They have they're literally in a spot where they have to extend it. They have to do, I mean, unless they just don't want him as their quarterback anymore, but they're not going to do that. Well, and and my my point then was if they didn't, it would be telling because it would say like, we're willing to kind of stomach this to have options in the future. Um, but they're clearly, you know, they're willing. They and they should. I mean, like you, everyone yep. can sit here. Everyone can sit here and make all their jokes, but Dak is one of, like, call it what you want, top seven, eight, nine, whatever. He is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. It makes sense to keep him around long term. He's still very young on a relative scale. I mean, he's not the youngest successful quarterback in the NFL, whatever. Um, so it makes sense, but obviously he's Dak Prescott. So it's, it's what they had to do with Romo, basically, you know, in the in the past. Like, they kept having to basically, like, lengthen his contract or push more money into the years because he would have these big cap numbers and they would have to bring those down so they could make moves and support him. Um, it's not it's not just unique to the Cowboys, to be clear, but I'm just saying, like, that's what happens. Like, when you pay a quarterback and their cap numbers get big, you have to, and you still want them around, you have to give them more money so you can lower that money in the the present um by giving more the more to them in the future that is expected as for tony pollard i feel like it's a little surprising to me that they're gonna not like shocking on a scale of one to ten ten being like the most unexpected development but like more than a five like maybe like a six or seven that they're because i felt like like, what, have I, what have I been saying? The play is to not overpay. Don't put a ton of resources in at running back. How are you going to give this guy, what is it, 10 million a year? That's too much. I mean, I know it's much for one year. Well, 10 million still, for like, this year. Come on. Yeah. That's, that's a not a good, that's not an optimal use of resources. It's a rich, seemingly, uh, free agency class at the yeah. running back position, right? And even more so, uh, we found out on Tuesday, Leonard Fournette is expected to be. And not the that, draft like, seems amazing, to be good. But, too, like, the though. point is, like, right. Well, and he, Again, it's the Cowboys. So Steven was asked about the idea of drafting. And he was like, well, you know, you clearly don't want to draft a running back in the top half of the first round. Really, Steven? <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, but said, you know, in the back. And, like, I do – that's why, like, I do think we've gone a little far as, like, a football society with the running backs don't matter take. Like, they matter. And, like, I'm fine spending – like, you want to spend a second-round pick on one or whatever. Even, like, a late first – like, yeah. Josh Jacobs is a late first-round pick, whatever. Um, there are examples that work out. Um, so, like – but I am a little bit too scarred from that. Like I'm not, I'm fine admitting that. So like, I want nothing to do with B. John Robinson, but like, they're going to keep that pot stirred just because that's like the Cowboys way. Uh, but it would like, it's so stupid to me that like anyone in, in one breath can be like, well, they're going to tag Tony Pollard and draft B. John Robinson with the 26th overall pick. Like, dude, what are y'all doing? Like, um, I, I'm not like bothered or upset or like pumped about the power thing. Like I've said the entire offseason, like I'm fine if they tag him. I'm fine if they don't, I'm fine if they bring him back on a long-term deal. They, they are very clearly focused on finding more explosive playmakers. He is one. So, like, I do think that they feel stuck. Like, man, we have a shortage of explosive playmakers, and he, we know he's one, so we're going to keep him in tow. We have CeeDee Lamb, and we have to utilize the cap room that we're going to create by extending Dak Prescott to add to that, you know. So count. you are expecting Zeke to get cut, but do you think – If you I think had to guess, Give me a yeah. percentage chance it happens. I'd say like I'm 55 to 60 okay. percent there in, in terms of my and own give personal me a guess. percentage chance that I guess in the scenario where he does get get cut, he is playing on the Cowboys next season. Like last year, for example, uh, which is the impetus of the question, he was cut Fletcher Cox, but then they brought him back like a few days later. Do you think it is possible that they could do something like that? 
Um, I think it's possible, but not that exact same way. Like I could see them cutting him. I don't know, like in, you know, March, obviously like when, you know, this is March, but like around free agency, the next two weeks and then him not being on a team. Right. And then like, you know, the, the summer happening, whatever, and then getting ready to go to camp or them being at camp and then being like, you know what, we just, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could see it being like a late edition sort of arrival sort of thing. Um, I could see that. And then being like, you know, while Zeke wasn't on the team, he went, you know, and he went to wherever and, and the Cowboys, you know, they always thought this was possible. They never even cleared out. They, they never replaced his locker. Like, you know, some sort of like lame story like that. I could totally. I think out. he needs to be gone though, is my point on it. Like, I think if he's gone, he has, to, it's not, cause it's not just about the current contract. It's about the usage too. And, and there's a sentimental yeah, value it's, there. It's about, it's about getting more explosive playmakers. Like that's yes. the thing. Like because in, in opportunity cost. Because if he's on the team, he's going to get touches. That's that's the reality. Even if they cut him or whatever and bring him back and like, oh, and people are going to be like, oh, but it's okay because it's a smaller role. It's still too much. It's whatever he is being given. It's just it's not the optimal again use of resources. So one of the other things that Steven said, and again, not that this was shocking, but that moving on from Kellen Moore and his decision to take over play calling was an entirely like Mike McCarthy led thing. Um, again, not shocking, but like cool good for you steven like letting your head coach like make head coach decisions (laughs) like what a novel concept uh but so like to me and i've said this you know obviously um for the last few weeks or whatever like if they do move on from zeke if he's not a part of the offense to me and this isn't said like with any like negative tone or anything it would be an indication that mike mccarthy won you know what i'm saying like because mike mccarthy's vision for the offense is clearly different than what the cowboys have been for the last five six seven years the zeke era and so like that like you should like live and die with that you know what i'm saying like you're here now like you're about to be on year four of the mike mccarthy era like we can all sit here and make jokes and talk and defend and debate or whatever but like you have to know like go at this year the full mccarthy way the mccarthy project and if it doesn't work cool we'll figure this out in 2024 but you have to do that and i do think that we've seen mccarthy slowly winning out slowly 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 in his three years zeke's utilization has been less tony Pollard's has been more and to your point if zeke is not a part of this team i do think it is an indication of mike mccarthy's vision of the offense being faster and more explosive and that's obviously what matters the most um the last thing um on this subject because you have to do this if you're the cowboys they have been connected to bobby wagner <laughs> who was uh released obviously by the la rams um and they've been connected to jalen ramsey who wants a trade obviously away from the la rams but the fact that he wants a new deal is kind of like the you know well what's going on here every cowboys fan though is terrified that the eagles are going to ship away the 10th pick uh to get jalen and like how could you not like i would totally do that if i was the eagles you know what i'm saying like so no um you think that's a no-brainer for them to trade 10 for Ramsey? I would totally do that. Like, if I was the Eagles, you know what I mean? Like, if you well, could upgrade. because it's, 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 it's an upgrade from James Bradbury. Like, and that's yeah, not like the an money, insult to James. I just don't think it works out, though. I don't think it works out from, like, a money and age perspective. Like, the Eagles have, like, a lot of people to pay. And, like, and they're paying Jalen Hurts. Like, they, they need I mean, young talent that costs control the Jal- talent. The Jalen Hurts payment doesn't impact me this year if I'm the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can stomach it. Like, and if again, if there's if there's a, a team who I trust to figure out that complication, it's the Eagles. Um, but I, I would love to see the Cowboys do that. Like, um, one of our shows on Monday here at Blogging the Boys was talking about, like, what would be the move that suggested to Cowboys fans that the Cowboys were truly, like, being aggressive, right? Like, what, what would be – and actually, I'll ask you that. What, what is What is a hypothetical thing – that you could say, wow, they're actually doing it. Like, they're actually getting it. They're getting a little bit more creative here. Finally signing Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> after the <laughs> 300 days of – no, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I would just like that storyline to go away. Not, I don't care where he signed. Just sign somewhere because I'm tired of seeing, oh, oh, oh wow. The I 
this is a whole different thing. I the use of the eyeball emojis has just been completely ruined on every, everything is eyeball emojis, and it's just like it's so been so diluted and water like eyeball emojis you, you, should be. You know like, what you're gonna hate. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're gonna hate what? if and when the Cowboys sign Odell when like the ESPN account yeah, tweets yeah. out the vertical. <laughs> like the, the, imagine the this fold, yeah, of the like three of CD and Odell yeah, and, and, Odell. and Pollard and yeah, it's <laughs> oh I can't wait for that day. Um, okay, but for real though, what is like? I think Ramsey like trading for him is that move to me. And like I yeah. would totally you want you want 26, fine, take it. You know, like you know, there's nobody who I can take with 26. That he's going to give me what Jalen like in the contract thing. And a lot of Cowboys fans are like, let's trade for Ramsey and let's let Trayvon play the final year of his contract out, right? And if Diggs walks in free agency a year from now, you have Jalen freaking Ramsey. And you know what I mean? Like you move on. Now you could have had Jalen Ramsey for the last seven years. You had just drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> but like water under the bridge. We don't have to relitigate that situation. So that I think is the one for me. That that's what would get me to believe that the Cowboys are finally taking this a little bit seriously. Yeah, I was tempted to say DeAndre Hopkins too. I feel like that's kind of been say, yeah, Indiana fine. Put, put him in the same box. Totally with you. Um, but I would say even maybe less so though, because Hopkins is mm, a little bit older, and also coming off a couple seasons here that have been at least definitely by his standards down-ish, and you know that might not all be his fault, but still, I would say Ramsey is you know very much in his prime. He has not really shown signs of slowing at least at the numbers that I'm looking at. Like I think he only had a, only a 84.5 pass rating allowed last year. That was worse than the previous two years, 71.1 and 68.8, but still very good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it would be him. Yeah. I'm fine. But again, I think hop is in that mold. I don't think T Higgins is getting traded, but like anything like that, like you want, like if you were mm -hmm. attacking a situation like that, like somebody like a, a bigger playmaker, I don't think that counts you know I mean? though. I think it has to be someone it's, like AJ Brown level of like just this is established star player. I, I like Tegan's. I think he's good, but I think it's a little yeah, bit I mean, different get, than maybe I'm Hopkins I'm, I'm like Ramsey. I'm stretching the parameters just a little bit to include him, but he's in he's he's closer to that than he's not. You get what I'm saying? But you're right. Um, but yeah, Hopkins, Ramsey specifically, I'm all down for. Um, so okay, that's that's the Cowboys side of things. Let's take a break and then we'll get to the other two teams in the division. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome on. Wow, we're back from break. And Welcome on. We're really back. a great time. Um, wow. Did you see, Brandon, that uh, Jeff Probst is starting a podcast? He's our competitor now. I did. Oh, that's why, Rob. <laughs> okay, interesting. So I was listening I, to the... I uh, haven't... I haven't listened to whatever you're talking about, but uh, but yeah, yeah, Jeff Probst is starting a podcast. 
uh, where after every episode of Survivor, they will not. He was very specific to say in the TikTok I saw, this is not a recap, which was it was almost like he was like, this is not the lame ass R.H.A.P. You know, he was like, this is not a recap. This is uh, going behind the scenes in terms of how we put the episode together, which is cool. But like, sure, I'd I'd rather listen to Survivor know it all, Jeff. Well, I might have to check it out to see if it's any good. But uh, I mean, I guess I'll listen to Rob as a podcast, which everyone should listen to Rob as a podcast. And hey, no better time to get in on Survivor than tonight. New Between season. you and I, who is who is Rob and who is Steven Fishbach? Um, I think that's very clear. <laughs> I think it's very clear who is who. I think I think you, you and I both know the answer to that. And the listeners will have to figure that out. Um, okay, the New York, once again, good at football giants, making a move. All right. Wow. Big time action happening with the G-Men. They are going to be releasing Kenny Galladay on March 15th. I mean, so like, this is kind of an awkward thing when teams do this. It's like, we're going to cut you, but we're not doing it yet. But so like, he's effectively cut. He's out. Giants moving on after two years. Not an exaggeration to say maybe the worst free agent signing in New York Giants history. Certainly one of the worst like general free agent signings in recent NFL history. Do you you recall how many touchdown catches that Kenny Galladay caught in his Giants tenure? I do. Um, I tweeted this today uh, for mm. us. So, um, but I did. And do you it. recall it was, the defensive coordinator who he scored it against? Um, it was one, uh, and it was against Jonathan Gannon. His only touchdown ever uh, for the Giants came in his final regular season game, and it took the addition of a seventeenth game. By the way, um, and who threw he signed, it? Uh, Davis Webb. Yeah, Davis Webb so, now Ru- coaching for the Broncos. Russell- you know, uh, David Davis oh, Webb's no. a, a, a great coach, and um, you know, I I know it's it's so awkward to say because he's he's actually not a coach. I mean, I've only known him, but uh, but I, I was talking to Kenny Galladay, and uh, he said, you know, he, he throws a, a <laughs> Russell wasn't talking to Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I hadn't done that in a while. Anyway, um, good for the Giants. Like, don't I, I love that? Like, don't don't just stick it out. You know what I mean? Like, move on. He's not helping you, and like, move. Let Kenny move on too. Um, I will say like if the Cowboys took a flyer on Kenny Galladay at this point, like you just have to pay like his base salary. Like I'd be interested. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At this point, like, you know, I'd, I'd kick those tires. Like if you're really yeah. desperate. Um, I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm not like, I think you got to save that for a team who's like rebuilding and is like desperate, you know, like, uh, I don't sure. know. Some but team I, that's- kudos to the giants. Like they finally get this. Um, I'm proud of them for being a functional NFL team. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the cleanup that Joe Shane is still kind of working through here. And, Speaking of the wide receiver position and, you know, you talked about splash for the Cowboys. I feel like the Giants need to find their own version of the A.J. Brown trade. Now, that's not obviously an easy thing to do, given how you know good of a player that is and how rare those guys are available. And it was a, not just an every offseason kind of thing. But I feel like they have to find that kind of move. And I, I think specifically the Giants have to attack wide receiver. I know the Cowboys need receiver help. That's like, But like even more so for the, the Giants have to find they're a guy and i think that's what this kind of underscores not well i mean it's already known but this kind of is like hey you know galladay's gone we have to find the guy and there's going to be risk this is the downside of you know paying all this big money and it doesn't work out but i really think you know if you're especially if you're trying to find out more about daniel jones or 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 elevate him if if daniel jones is gonna make a jump i think we saw last year the value in different areas uh of the nfl such as tyreek hill in miami for Tua, like the value Mm -hmm. that this elite kind of receiver can have and i think they they have to find that guy i don't know who that is off the top of my head maybe it is t higgins maybe it is finding a way to throw money at him or something um but they have to find that guy i agree with you entirely um 
I think it's not the worst thing in the world for the Giants. I know we know this, but like if Daniel Jones plays out the year on the tag, I if I was Daniel Jones, I wouldn't do that. Um, just because like you're you know you're never gonna have the same like level of negotiating power. Like even if you're a playoff team next year, like the fact that it, it was this like come from nothing story, like that energy is so hot. Like you can't replicate that a year from now unless you like won the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, so I mean, yeah, like I was just like when you were kind of describing that, like what if this is impossible, but like, what if they traded for like Justin Jefferson, right? Like what mm. if Justin Jefferson was like, Hey, I want out. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm sick of this. Like he needs a new deal. I mean, yeah, it's not like, obviously like Devonte Adams was traded a year ago. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's, it's definitely like within the realm of like total possibility. Imagine that, like that would be sick. Yeah. Like obviously we would hate it, but like that would be kind of sick. Yeah. I think at that point too, like that's your, you're, you're going forward with Jones, right? Like you're, you're like, we're betting on him. We're getting Justin Jefferson and let's ride. Like this, this is what we're doing. Not Broncos country. Let's ride Giants country. Let's ride. Um, I, I don't know. It's so weird. We've talked about this already, so I don't we don't really need to rehash the entire debate. But that is the big question of the Giants right now. Are they gonna extend Daniel Jones? Are they gonna franchise tag him? I'm gonna say, in terms of what you know, we I think we already talked about should. I think it's a little bit more interesting here to maybe talk about what we think will based on reading the tea leaves. Now, I'm looking at this article from Big Blue View here, and Joe Shane spoke the combine on Tuesday, and um, he said, "quote To franchise Danny, I don't think that's the best for the organization, and I don't believe it's best for Daniel, especially as we try to build the team around him." So, I, I think they're going to get an extension done with Jones. I think that's what they're going to do, and I think they're going to tag Saquon. Should they tag Saquon? Like, I mean, <sighs> I think. I mean, it's better than extending him for sure. I mean, I would not, I extending I was, him, wrong move. I was reading, um, I I'm gonna say move. yes. I'm gonna say actually, yes, they should franchise Saquon. You can get one more year out of him. I think that's fine, but yeah, you can't give him that big extension. Um, I was reading a Sigmund Bloom article about it was like through a fantasy lens, but it was talking about like what we learned about the running back position last year. And obviously, there was a lot of like love given to Christian McCaffrey, and obviously, he had a unique season being traded. But I was thinking, like, who were the like, the sort of like big name running backs that I would bet on, right? I was thinking about it like from a fantasy perspective, right? But like, you know, you have to be like, a, like I wouldn't put Josh Jacobs there. Right? Like I'm talking like, you know, that have been a household name for like a few seasons at this point. And the two I would bet on in 2023 would be Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Like I, I would bet on Saquon. Like I would, I wouldn't bet as much on say Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara, but I would definitely bet. And I'm not even talking like fantasy. I'm just talking like general production. I, I think I'm, I'm willing to buy that Saquon's resurgence is real to a legitimate degree. I'm not saying he's going to be like a 2,000 yard rush or anything, but like I think he will be a viable part of the New York offense if he's back in 2023. I think there's a reason enough to believe that for 2023. Yes, that's why like the tag is almost perfect in this situation for them. Mm -hmm. It is the perfect tool uniquely a lot of the times the tag is not a great tool in this situation i think it makes sense probably for i mean obviously if you're the player you, you're always gonna idea like long for the long-term deal but i think saquon needs to prove it like there's there was enough of a track record before this season which was why we were down on him and there's a lot of concern and just obviously the, the nature of the position where i don't i don't think you can give him that long-term deal i think you let it ride it out one more year and see how it goes with him um anything else on the giants oh by the way um Eli Manning was on Good Morning Football on uh, on today, the day we're recording this. Did you see any of this, by the way? No. Um, so he was asked which of the Super Bowl wins was his favorite. Um, obviously, he has two of them. And I was going to ask you, which one is less fluky? I think mind? the first one is less fluky. Yeah, easily. See, he said the second. He, he didn't say it like he wasn't asked like which no. one's less fluky, but he was he was like talking about it. And, he, and I kind of like 
bought his reasoning. He was like, well, the first one, like nobody thought we were gonna, even going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like he was like the second, we were kind of like a more in control team, at least all season long. They barely like, I, won I, the division though. I know, but they at least won it. You know, they didn't win they it in 2007. Barely. But they still want it. You know what I mean? Like they hosted a playoff game. Like again, like I no. think if I if I had like I think the 2011 Giants were better than the 2007 Giants. I guess is my point. No, nope. Mm. That eleven um, or that eleven team is this the flukiest run ever, and I always maintain that. the 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 other one, it's harder to remember because it was so far, you know, long ago now. But in, and I remember thinking, like, at least the pass rush was really good in that on that team. I, I believe it was in the still pass really rush. good in eleven. I mean, not the same. No, I mean they didn't have Strahan, obviously. But yeah. um, anyway, so like at the end of it, um, at the end of his like interview, um, it, it was the Good Morning Football crew. So like Jason McCourty's a part of it. Um, and Devin McCourty, obviously, like the McCourty twins. No, Jason, I'm sorry. Jason is obviously a part of Good Morning Football, but Devin is a part of the the week this week on Good Morning Football. And so Eli was doing the interview with them, and the like question was like, hey, one of the McCourty twins had their first career interception off of you. Like, who do you think it was? Like, they were just kind of having some fun with him, and he guessed, and he guessed Jason, and he was right. Uh, but it was really funny because he was like – Well, if you're you asking know, that question, that's obviously the answer. Well, no, it was one of the two. I mean, you know, yeah, but I mean? like, like it would be more it's the more surprising answer is Jason. So that's what it would be. It wouldn't be like it. Would, it's too obvious to say Devin. Why is it less? Why is it Devin's one more a much obvious? better player than Jason was? Well, I mean, but still, like they both had a lot of interceptions anyway. So it was Jason. Uh, but Eli's answer, he was like, well, I threw a lot of them. <laughs> it's like so I kind of thought that was funny, but they showed the interception. And it was when Jason was in Tennessee and it was actually a left handed throw. It was like down near the goal line. Like I think I they were on like that. They, they were kind of so <laughs> they were kind of and it made me miss the old Titans uniforms. They were the aqua pants, I guess like light blue pants with the white jersey and the I loved the white Tennessee Titans helmet. Anyway, so Eli scrambling and like sort of like pitched the ball to his left hand from his right hand and then like shot put it in and then it got tipped and and then Jason McCordy caught it. So it's like I'll respect Jason McCourty, but it's like, this wasn't even really like an authentic interception. It's not like you broke on mm. the ball. Like, I mean, a pick's a pick, but still. Um, actually, and it was his first career interception, Jason McCourty's. Oh, okay. So, so not yeah. Eli's? No. <laughs> so, um, but his first career interception, and he, he was trying to be really nice. You could tell Jason was like, I remember because I remember thinking my first career interception came from a legend. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're using the word legend a little bit loosely now. Anyway, um, anything else before we move on? How do you feel about the word legend as like awesome? Like, you know, when someone is saying like, uh, like, let's say you told me about this great thing that happened in your life. And I might say like, oh, awesome. Like, right. Like as an mm -hmm, acknowledgement mm -hmm. of that. What if I said legend instead? What if I was like legend instead, instead of, of awesome? legendary? Yes. I just said legend. Like you were like, hey, I just got a, uh, I just found, hey, I just found $20 on the street. And I'd be like, legend. How do you feel if I said that? Yeah, I'm not cool with that. Um, I do think that how I met your mother did to the word legendary what like social media has done to the eyeball emoji. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like we kind of can't use it anymore. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, that season finale or series finale, excuse me, was 10 years ago this spring. Mm -hmm. 10 oh, years ago one... today, by the way, the Miami Heat released their Harlem Shake video. Wow. Yeah. I know someone who uh, wrote for How I Met Your Mother and they just got married. So him, him? congrats to them. Wow. A true love story. Okay. Uh, the Washington Commanders are last, which they will be for all of the offseason because they finished in last place. I don't even – I think we have to start here, although I know you want to start somewhere else. But um, 
The, they did place the first franchise tag of the offseason on defensive tackle Deron Payne. Um, that is the most prevalent information. I'm sorry, Brandon. Uh, $19 million for Payne here in 2023 at the very least. We'll see if they get a long-term deal with, done with him. Every team's going to probably say that the tag is a placeholder like you talked about with whether yes. it's, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Javon Hargrave, Tony Pollard, whoever. Uh, but Deron Payne officially has been tagged by the commanders. Yeah, Um he has. That is, that is my analysis of the you move. You just really want to get through this, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about Deron Payne. Uh, it feels like it's not ideal, and it feels like it is a placeholder to me. Um, but then again, you have John Allen there, and I don't know if they want to pay all that money to two really great players. I mean, in theory, sure, but uh, in actuality, I, I don't know if they will. Mm. Well, first tag done one tag down we'll see how many ultimately come out uh brandon has been living for this moment so deron Payne was tagged the commanders announced on monday in a tweet um that carson wentz has been released what a shock who could have seen this coming the inspiration for the first yes. ever emergency edition of the nfc's mixtape um was actually so disappointing that his release didn't garner an emergency episode no i mean this Look, I get a lot of things wrong. We all do. That's just life. And right. definitely. Every Eagle fan was like, Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. And you were all wrong. It's okay. I mean, his backup's better than Dak Prescott. So is he? Just took them to the Super Bowl. Is I mean, he? we don't need to get into this, but uh, <laughs> you brought it up. So anyway, uh, is he? Yeah, I mean, definitely is. Anyway, um, I mean, was Dak Prescott no, almost it was is Carson Wentz better? That was the hill that oh. a lot of Eagles fans died on. I mean, it's okay. Was, were uh, wrong. For one point, he definitely, and one time, point in time, he absolutely was. And then he did I, not age well for many reasons. Uh, mm, what What do you want to say? I mean, he, what, you don't think he was ever no, no, better no, than no, Dak? No, that's no, just no, not I, true. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's not what I was going to say. I was actually going to say, but I didn't want to like send us down a tangent. I think Carson is actually like a scary sort of hypothetical if you're a football fan, like, and your quarterback blows up because like Carson had the blow up year in his second season, right? And then it was like, well, boom, here he is. He's arrived. Like, this is who he's going to be. And then it all fell apart. Like, yeah, so a lot it, of, it, it can it can disappear just like that. There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, a lot of them tied back to Carson Wentz. Um, I, look, I just oh, so I was talking about how get wrong a lot, and people want to dunk on me for that those kind of things. That's fine, you know, go for it. Uh, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts, obviously, but like if you're gonna do that, then I need more than zero credit for when uh, if you're gonna dunk on me for the wrong stuff, I can't just have complete silence when like was dead right about Carson Wentz to a T like dating back to 2021 early on Nick oh, point, was, who, who who was like standing for him in 2021 RJ is not a minority opinion at that time it was maybe more like 50 50 I would say or at least closer to that where maybe in like, your we, world we we need to fix Carson Wentz we have to build we you know it's just oh Doug was terrible it's all Doug's fault Doug broke him Doug sucks there was a lot of that that was not a minority opinion and it was very apparent that that was not the case in that Carson Wentz was a loser and people wanted to just, and th I guess this is a part of on it that touches on it. That's a pet peeve of mine. When people just dismiss anything that is reported that they think uh, is not true because they don't want it to be true. It's like, Oh, Carson Wentz isn't a jerk or selfish or whatever, or uncoachable. That's just the media making stuff up. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like, I think there was a lot of evidence to, and, and clearly we're seeing that, that bear out now uh, that that was not the case. And uh, look, you know, Carson Wentz deserves credit for the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. They don't win a Super Bowl without him. He put them in such a great position. So that is absolutely true, where the one thing can be true. At the same time, um, it's, it's very easy to 
root against him and kind of uh, not be, you know, heartbroken about his downfall here because he was brought on by himself. And it was so predictable that he was going to fail with the commanders. Uh, like we, we said at the time of the emergency podcast that you referenced that it was a crazy for the commanders to be like, you know what? This guy who couldn't get it right with the guy that everyone thought was going to fix him, Frank Reich, we can actually fix him. Like that was so obviously not going to work out. And I don't want to hear that. Well, it wasn't the biggest risk because they didn't take on like as much because they were able to cut him after a year and they only gave up a couple thirds. Like, no, it was a complete waste of time, predictably the whole time. So you wasted stuff that could be going to actually building the team in a long-term way for just a, a one season that was a total wash and a total waste. I don't really have the compassion to take on this. Like, I think Carson's been so bad that like it is kind of like, you know, it's not even fun to dunk on him anymore. It's, that's, it's just kind of like whatever. I mean, and it, it it like it literally went as everybody thought it would go. You know, it's like maybe people. I'm not like saying you're lying, but maybe people were standing for him in 2021. Nobody was standing for him when the commanders traded for him. Nobody. No. You know, even commanders fans are like, "This is stupid." Like you're you're literally just going to waste a year of our lives, and that's exactly what happened. Like it was so bad. It was so there was there was never like a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was never like a well, maybe they got this right. You know what I mean? Like there was never anything to the like commander Carson era that. It worked out where you were like, huh, you know, whatever. No, well, it if was... anyone may have been a little favorable to him, I'm not, I don't think you were like super favorable to him, but you were so against the Colts that you were willing to, I was proven totally right. Like in, in the, like, if we're, you were like, willing talk... to absolve some of the blame, I feel like not all of it, but some of it on Wentz. And I think it was just a case of more than no, anything can be I, true. The Colts deserved what, a ton of blame and so did Wentz. What I did not like is Carson was clearly at the time that the Colts even he was acquired a scapegoat. him. I mean, that, like, that's what I'm saying. They had no issue making somebody who was like some, some NFL, like some athletes like are kind of like more naturally scapegoated than others. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easier to scapegoat some athletes versus others. And Carson is one of those. Now, a lot of that is his own fault to your point. So I'm not like admonishing him in any way, or I'm not uh, exonerating him in any way, but like the Colts manipulated that. And the, the Colts took advantage of that. The Colts took complete and total advantage of the fact that he was a scapegoatable player and they dunked on that despite their own inefficiencies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the Colts, like what did, what did the Colts, the, the commanders were better right. off. We don't than, need than to the relitigate the Colts part of it. Um, I only wanted to say one part about this. Um, you know how like you can look at, I don't know, um, like Patrick Mahomes, right? You can be like, how many like co coaches has Patrick Mahomes gotten paid, right? Like all these people who have gotten promotions, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and whatever. And, and we talked about Eric Bannemi last week and moving to Washington incidentally, but like, I feel like Carson Wentz is the opposite. Like, like I feel like everyone who's been closely connected to him has actually only like lost their job, and mm -hmm. they've wound up getting different ones, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, you, like do we, I know you don't want to talk about the Colts, but like Frank Reich kind of staked his entire Colts reputation on him, and it blew up in his face. And because of that, he had to, you know, he got fired. I mean, and rightfully so. Like he did a terrible yeah. job. But you get my point. Yeah, and then he. Re but I think it was also clear that uh, team saw Wentz as like the debilitating factor. To the point of where another team was willing to hire Doug Peterson, even though he broke Carson Wentz. And another team was willing to uh, hire Frank Wright, clearly, even though he tied his wagon to Carson Wentz mistakenly. So, um, you know, they're seeing value in those people, despite the the airings that were connected to Wentz. The, the thing that's most interesting about Wentz moving forward is... Does will, he he be, will he does tolerate he a backup role? Do you think so? I mean, I think it depends... What you is know, here, I, here, I know I asked you the question, so sorry to jump in. But what is left for him? What is left for Carson Wentz to really do? Rehab his image? Not happening, bro. Like, I think that the ship has sailed on that. I don't think that's happening. And also, 
it just seems so unlike him to be willing to take a backup role. It seems so beneath him in terms of why would he need to? He's made $128 million from NFL contracts alone. I'm sure he's made a ton more money in endorsements and all that. He has what was he ever interest. what was ever like a notable like you know what I'm saying? Like you can you can name a quarterback and think of like national brands. Like what was a Carson one? I can't think I don't of know, one. but you know, there's there's something at some point sure. somewhere, even if it's he's made he's made plenty of money, is the point. Um he has children now, he's happily married as far as I can tell. He's been through so many different kinds of injuries, not just like you know, a serious injury, but like all parts of his body. So I'm sure he's like hurting or feeling this, you know, serious head injury like the, the shot he took from Clowney. i just think like i don't think there's any shame in walking away and this being the end i think it would be the right thing for him to do and i don't think it's like oh he's a failure he's walking away i think no it's actually a really smart move if he does there's he has a super bowl ring i know he didn't play in the game but like he there's nothing like left for him to accomplish really other than like oh maybe he can be a decent player again at best like i, I just don't get the upside in him playing again I know he's stubborn, so maybe that's the part I'm dismissing and that he's going to force the issue. And I will say, um, I don't think he's I, – I, I'm ruling out if, – if there is a Teddy Bridgewater situation like where there's just an unexpected need for a starter, sure, I can see him jump in, but that's also very rare. I just – I don't see what's left for him to play for. I mean – the only thing that is left for him to play for is to have, cause he's not going to be a starter, right. Is to have like, I mean, ironically, like a Nick Foles, you know, run, right. Like, like that, that would literally be it. Um, like, like you mentioned, like a Teddy Bridgewater thing, like somebody, you know, that, that, you know, it was his backup that was traded, uh, Sam Bradford that was traded, you know, to the Vikings when that happened, like it would just be that. I mean, like you said, like what's left make more money. I mean, you know what I mean? Like enjoy, like this is his profession. It's a game he loves. I mean, like, whatever i mean like it, it but i think you're you're much closer to like if the if patrick mahomes is the like pinnacle of like quarterback play in the nfl right now you're much closer to like chase daniel you know what i'm saying like just backup cash and checks that then you are like dude who's like elite front and center every single week That's uh and, it, and some people like some quarterbacks are fine with that you know what i mean like some quarterbacks are like but they, i actually think this is kind of like a rich backup quarterback free agency class um like teddy yeah. bridgewater is a free agent cooper rush is a free agent Mariota, uh marcus mariotas i mean Minshew. yeah like there are a lot of like high quality backups now i think carson is probably in that mix like i, I think he but but he he belongs in the mix with those quarterbacks more than he does the mix of like starting quarterbacks of the nfl it's um, just like if he's a backup He's a, he's a backup on Madden because of a talent level, but he's just not a backup in terms of personality. That's not the things about him. That is not what you want in a backup. That's not what you value. Like a player who knows his role and is like, you know, almost like a coach and amenable to coaching and having a good relationship with teammates. That's none of these things describe him. So I just, I really don't see it. Um, maybe I'm discounting again, the possibility of a team being dumb and uh, him just being so stubborn. Because maybe it's somewhere where like he theoretically has a chance to start. I don't know, but uh, I just I think it just doesn't make sense to me, and it's sad. It's sad what his career has become. Um, but again, he brought it on himself, really, in a lot of ways. Um, well, time will tell uh, where he winds up. I if he does, obviously play again. Um, we'll see. Again, I don't think he's like a terrible backup option. But again, a lot of that is like predicated on the idea of him being willing to do that um but i do think so dak prescott clearly the best quarterback drafted in 2016 but there was a time where it was like okay that's true but carson is definitely number two like man jared goff like really bounced back like after that rams trade like jared goff has like now like obviously this conversation has been over for a while but like it is dak prescott jared goff and i guess carson wentz is like 
you know, by, but the only one who like technically has a Super Bowl ring is the third best quarterback in that <laughs> class. That's amazing when you think about it. Wentz will be 31 in December, by the way. So he's like, you know, not exactly a spring chicken. Um, I'm also 31, but whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so what else was I going to say? Oh, spinning it forward, if we can. Uh, Ron Rivera was asked about Sam Howell at the NFL Combine. <laughs> and like, why is anybody taking this seriously? Like everybody who's like, like, what do you mean? Go ahead and say your thing. Like, do you oh, really you believe that, like, that they're going forward with this? Like, what do you mean? Go ahead, read the quote. Well, basically, I didn't see the full quote, but I saw the uh, paraphrased version of the fact that they're going to go with Sam Howell. Um, you know, he has a right to start. He's a chance to start. They're not going in with him as their undisputed starter as much as they're going in with him and he has a chance to start. I mean, I'm not like saying Ron Rivera is a liar, but like, do you really believe that? You know, like, I think it's it's that. Time yeah, of why year. not? Well, because it's like, what has free agency happened? Has like the draft happened? You know what I mean? Like, how? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I you don't, don't think Howell has any chance to start this year. No, but I don't. I don't think it would be responsible for the Commanders to be like, "That's it, we're good. We don't have to add anybody." Like, it's like we sit here well, and talk about. Like, they're saying though, I don't think they're saying they're like stick with him I, no matter I what. I think they're saying think, we might add someone, and I think also he's the best Sam quarterback in the mix. on the roster right now. But I think they are undeniably sure. I mean, going just, to. Add, it's only him, really. I think they're undeniable. That's what I'm saying. Like, so we're making this big deal. Like, well, they're saying the only quarterback on the roster is in line to start. Like, duh. You know, what I don't mean? think like, they're I, saying he's in line to start. I think they're saying he's in line to have a chance to start. Of course he is. He's the only quarterback on the roster. I I just think this this like thing but this idea got true, ballooned though. a little bit. I actually thought um so this kind of spins us to our last sort of like I guess subject here. Um like the the volume that that line got or that idea got the like play that that guy, I thought was so strange and I thought man that really does like prove that like as dysfunctional as they are, the Washington franchise can still move some headlines, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you say something as simplistic as the only quarterback on our roster is in line to contend to start, but like, like that's the power of that brand. Like it is still a, a high, you know, value brand as far as NFL teams are concerned again, despite everything. And so there was the Don Van Nata report that came out on Tuesday, the day we were recording this in ESPN. I mean, I can't even list all the details. It was a disparaging report. I don't know if you have like a spark note version that you want to get to. Our friends at Hogshaven wrote about it, so everybody should go read that. A uh, lot of great like kind of you know uh, assessments of this happening across like NFL media on Tuesday. Uh, more indictments, not literally, uh, but more indictments against Dan Snyder uh, and his ownership, his like minority owners now coming out and going on record like. It's all a mess. It is starting to feel more and more and more like the end of the Dan Snyder era is upon us. Uh, but I know Washington fans have gotten their hopes up for that in the past. What's it? It's getting late early. Is that the phrase? It's yeah. early late. It's getting early late. I think it's whatever, which whatever one of those applies is the one I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's coming into an end. And really the big question to me uh, as an outside observer was well, as, as someone interested in the commanders not being good, the biggest question to me is, is Bezos going to buy them or not? Because that's a game changer. If Bezos buys the commanders, that is like, that is a, everyone in the division should be extremely concerned. It's not even about necessarily think it's like, not like, wow, I think Jeff Bezos is great. And it's not even a, 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 a statement on whether you think about him in terms of his, like, it's just the money. Like so the fact that they're going to have like infinite resources and presumably an owner, I don't know, maybe not. Um, but the fact that they could have someone like that wealthy and that fiscally powerful, that's, that's a, like, that's something everyone in the NFC should be concerned about. Also that um, energetic 
You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, sure. let's let's be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because some owners, like, and not just in football, but like some owners, are like, hey, let's just like let's make some money. You know what I mean? Yep. But like an owner who's like, hey, let's yeah. just be really good. Because it's not like we need to make more money. It's like I have a ton of money. Yeah. Right. And like as we enter, like, here's the part that will actually be like annoying, annoying. Um, as we enter a world where like streaming or whatever becomes like more and more and more and more a part of our lives, like we obviously know that Thursday night football is on Amazon Prime. Uh, we know that the Sunday ticket is now on YouTube TV. Like. If like the owner of Amazon gets in involved with the commanders, like we're gonna get like that team shoved down our throats. You know what I'm saying? Like as far yeah, I as like, how that would work, I don't I, know. I know, but like you get my point. Like Thursday night football will be like the official broadcast of the Washington Commanders. You know, and like again, like, maybe they only play on Thursday night. From now. I mean, maybe we wouldn't mind that, but you get my point. Like they they will be much more a part of this like scope of like the conversation, and they really kind of haven't been for I would say like most of our lives, like you and I any yes i agree and any any owner to be clear even if it's not bezos it's just an automatic upgrade it's just mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter if they're bad if that owner whoever is like because there's just like because then if you're talking about the spider graph thing and like if one of the attributes is incompetency dan mm -hmm. snyder is like 99 percentile is, is this mm -hmm. like an all time any owner even if they're bad is going to be like let's say 74 percent like, there's still a significant upgrade in literally almost anyone who buys the team that doesn't mean they're going to be like Super Bowl favorites all of a sudden and going to be the next dynasty. But I'm just saying like they're automatically the ceiling is automatically just so much higher than it would be if Snyder gets to keep the team. We all know that. Um, I have one last thing if you're ready to move on from ownership. Yeah, let's 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 end this thing. Last year, I called mm. my shot and I was correct in predicting that Jimmy Garoppolo would be the commander's quarterback. And he was not because he got hurt and there was a weird thing. But there was that article that said the commanders very much wanted him and that was but the you plan. weren't correct that didn't I happen 100 correct and but obviously that's a joke but the point was they def they did want jimmy at least that came out in the report and then the okay. injury and his non-surgery and all so that is this kind of a story about how you were wrong but you think you were right well i'm gonna get it right again which means i guess i'm gonna get it wrong but i think i've decided the perfect quarterback that the commanders are going to have in 2023 can you guess who I'm thinking of? Um, is it like a, a pending free agent? No. Uh, so it's a player who's technically under contract through yep. 2023. They're going to have to trade for this person. They would have to trade for this. Justin Fields. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields. I know it's going to be Justin Fields. They're the perfect team because I could be reading it wrong. I'm not convinced that the Bears are keeping him, and I don't think they should keep him um, for a number of reasons. Even if you think he's could be great, I just think there's a work in progress there. And I think you want to reset that clock on the quarterback because they're going to have to pay him. That means it's two years of his rookie deal. Right, rookie right. year deal already gone. They're out the window. Um, and obviously they have the fifth year option. But I think if you're looking for a landing spot for Justin Fields, it just seems very on brand that the commanders would take it's, the chance on it. it. Beyond the reasons you're saying, and to be clear, I'm not jumping in this with you. Um, it'd be funny, but um, it would be even more so on brand because of the what if episode that we did last year, where mm -hmm. it was like, what if they lost the Doug yeah. Peterson, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts? Oh, no, not even Carson Wentz. The Doug, Pe Doug Peterson, Jalen Hurts, Nate Sudfeld, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, uh, game they would have had him like, like outright, you know, they would have had that yeah. opportunity to draft him with the, with what would have been the 10th overall pick. Um, no, hang on. So Dallas was originally at 10. Well, the Giants had it. I'm sorry. Giants the, their pick. The Giants. Right. So let me think here. The 2021 draft. I forget. Um, I don't the, know. The, the, no, Forever hear me out. I, we can do this. The Cowboys were at 10. The Giants were at 11. And the Eagles were at 12 because they had traded back, right, with the Dolphins. 
the Eagles were originally at six and moved back to 12. Yes. Right. And, and then, then moved up to 10. And, and then Philly jumped up from 12 to 10 with Dallas. And so it went Devontae Smith at 10. 10. And then, the, and because Devontae was gone, the mm-hmm. Giants traded out of 11 yes. with the Bears. Yep. And that, but what we're saying is that would have been the commanders at 11, not the Giants, because the, the, the Giants would have won yes. the division. Right. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that's the math worked out there. Well, that was our logic. But yes, sim- yeah. close enough. Yes. Well, okay. Bam. Anything else? Anything else you want to say? Want to do? Want to offer? No, definitely not. Um, Survivor's back. Mandalorian's back. Shout out to Gizmo. And um, yeah, BLG. To close this out, I would like you to give us your top three favorite ice cream flavors. Go. Oh, mint, ch- ch- mint chocolate chip has to be green. These don't uh, have to be in order, by the way. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not ranking one. it in terms okay, of okay. one, two, three. I'm just okay. saying three. Mint chocolate chip, uh, peanut butter, chocolate. You know, like, like cups, like Reese's cups or whatever. Uh, and then, hmm, probably just uh, chocolate, chocolate chip. 